That's part of the kids that uh, Dream Center has impacted their lives. And uh, we do a lot training them and also uh, doing uh, social training. The community come there for meetings, learning about agriculture. It's not only spiritual, but it's also physical. And God has done great, great things. Um, we bring kids there for rallies, three to 4,000 kids, teach them the word, lead them to Christ, train them to be leaders, train them to be responsible. Like this is one of our rallies. This, this one we had over 4,000 kids, and I think 680 gave their lives to Christ, preaching to them about Jesus. And we also give shoes. Some of these kids have shoes for the first time. In our neighborhood, there is jigger, infestation of jiggers that eats on their feet. Yeah, a number of them put on shoes for the first time when you give them a pair of shoes. That's all they have tried, nine, 10 years. And in the Dream Center also, we bring in church leaders. Like you can see in this picture, this was about about over 800 pastors and bishops. We had a meeting with political leadership. We prayed for them, and we were demanding certain accountability. And they had to tell us why they want to be in political leadership, because we want God to be honored in all that we do. And you can see that's the entire Dream Central. We are still continuing to build more things. We want to build a lot for the kids where they can ha come and have fun. I joined the kids on Wednesday here, and I really, really, I was blessed just to see how they love the Lord and minister to them. And uh, some of you people have kids who are very intelligent and love the Lord. Please, please, please encourage them because they are the next generation that will take over after you and I. So thank you so much. And Angeline uh, works at the hostel. We have a clinic and uh, with the female ward and male ward. Now she's planning to expand it and build children's ward. You can see that is our clinic. And most of these kids were birthed through her hands. I don't know how many kids are named after you, several. <laughs> and so that's an honor. She loves to work with the kids and the mothers and so on. So this, this, this clinic is expanding and help us and pray with us. And if you're a doctor here, when Pastor Terry is coming to do the spiritual, you come and do the physical. I'm glad today that Pastor Chad made a commitment he's coming. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> And we bless the Lord. Thank you so much. I want my wife to wave in the air for you. Pastor Terry, come. <laughs> Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you so much for coming this morning. And what a great weekend when you remember and you are celebrating your independence. God bless you. I'm saying God bless you. I'm saying God bless America. And God bless Kenya too. 
pray for our country. We are going in for elections, and the church is right there in the forefront. Standing this time, we have a voice. We are praying, and we are calling in political leaders and having interview for them, with them, and asking them tough questions. That's the position of the church. So I want to share with you the word of the Lord that he put in my heart. Every time I plan to travel, I ask God for a message and say, Lord, what message do I send to your people in a foreign land? And I believe God did not just bring me here for no reason. He gave me a word for you. And I hope you are ready to receive. And I want to engage you and solicit your attention for a short while as we break the word of God together. Go with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter number 5. Uh, I want to read from verse number 26 to 31. Then I tie it together with chapter number 6 from verse number 16. But I'll read only verse number 16 or chapter number 6. The Bible says, For among my people are found wicked men. They lie in wait as one who sets snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As a cage is full of birds, so their houses are full of deceit. Therefore, they have become great and grown rich. They have grown fat. They are slick. Yes, they surpass the deeds of the wicked. They do not plead the cause. The cause for the fatherless, yet they prosper. And the right of the needy, they do not defend. Verse 30. And he says... An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power, and the people love to have it so. But what will they do in the end? Chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your soul. But they said, watch this, we will not walk in it. May the Lord bless his word. I want to speak to you today on a title, Something is Wrong. Something is Wrong. Look at the times we are living in and you'll realize that the value systems are shifting and all answers are not easily accepted. The church as an institution no longer commands respect without earning it. And we see spiritual recklessness also characterized the environment in which we live. In the name Jesus Christ is rarely heard and seen is rarely preached against or mentioned in most of our gatherings in some of our churches. But I'm here to tell you that God is still the same. He'll never change. When you look at the history of humanity and when you are a, an ardent reader of the Bible, you'll realize in looking at the life of the children of Israel, even the time we are living in, it goes around a circle. We see good times producing weak people, and weak people produce bad times. 
and bad times produce strong people. So it keep on going round and round like that. But the question is, what time are we in? I believe that America is in good times. Therefore, we are producing weak people in the society. I believe that Africa is in good times. Therefore, we are producing weak people. But what are we going to do? The Bible says, when the foundation is being shaken, what does the righteous do? What are you going to do as a believer, as a child of God? Something is wrong. And somebody needs to stand up and write it up. I know you're saying that's a historical scripture touching on the history of the children of Israel. But my Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 12, to those who believed in him, he gave them the power to be the children of God. So when God is talking about my people, you are included. I'm included. And Paul says in Romans 15, for, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning. So are we going to learn from here? Yes. We need to learn. In the, we say that history repeats itself. And so we see Jeremiah, a prophet, man calling his youthful ears, and is coming from a priesthood family. And God gives him a word when the children of Israel have drifted from their God. They are worshiping what God presents to them instead of worshiping the presenter. They turn their backs on God. And he was given this message heavily. And he stood for 40 good years delivering the message of God. And he went through five kings, Josiah, Jehoahaz, Joachim, Joachim, and Zedekiah. These names sometimes are hard to pronounce. But for more than 40 years, he was declaring turn to the Lord. God was speaking through Jeremiah. But none of these kings took responsibility to initiate the revival. In fact, Jeremiah was persecuted by his own countrymen. And it is recorded in the Bible that every word that came from God through Jeremiah to the people, Joachim the king was cutting up Jeremiah's prophecy and throwing it into the fire. That sounds like something that's familiar. You can't stop God when God is working. You can't stop God when God is working. And no politician will stand on the way of God. They can come up with legislation to stop prayers in the, in the schools, but you can still pray with your children in your house. We can still pray with our children as we are driving to the mall and they are driving, the, uh, driving them to school, you can still pray. Nobody has stopped you from praying. You can release the word of God in their lives. And no, sometimes we sit back and blame the politicians. In fact, they are politicians. And politi politics in our uh, national language, Kiswahili, Siasa, that means not real. So every politician is not real. Hello? So none is real. 
nothing against a politician. If you're here, you're a politician, you're born again, stand for the truth. Just be real and honor the word of God. So no politician is going to stop God from working. As a matter of fact, he said that Joachim, when he died, the Bible records that he was buried in ignominy, shame and unmourned and dishonor. And the Bible records that in Jeremiah 22, verse 18 to 19. You can confirm that. That's how he died. And then his son took over, and watch this, his son only reigned for three months. You cannot touch the apple of God. It doesn't matter who you are. You cannot stop what God is doing. And so the word of Jeremiah is still alive, and we are reading it today. Glory be to God. And God says that his word will never go back to him void without accomplishing the purpose in which he sent it for. What God, say, what God says, he means what he says. God is not man to lie. When he's calling on you to turn back to him, turn back to him. Hallelujah. And so, God begins to address his people and he says, among my people are wicked men. I don't know what you think about that statement. To them who believed in him, he gave them the power to be the children of God. Do I have children of God in the house? Yes. We are the people of God and the devil has to know that. That we are God's children. Though we live in this world, we are not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are God's people. And we have to obey what God says. And we have to do what God tells us to do. There is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new. What you're seeing is not new. It's not taking God by surprise. As a matter of fact, God is laughing at the works of men. He looks at you and he laughs. He says, you, you can only go far, but you won't go too far. And I have a message for you as a church in America. Rise up and be the people that God has called you to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Defend your faith and say, we are going to worship our God. And we shall stand for the truth. God is saying, among my people are wicked men. The word he's using here means bad and evil. And bad here indicates the lack in a person of those qualities that should be possessed. In other words, God is saying, I look at you, you're bad in your character. You're morally bad. Your way of thinking is wrong. Your way of feeling is wrong. The way you act is wrong. And God is saying, time has come for you to stand up and know who I am. Stand up and defend your faith. Jesus says in Mark 7, 21, for it is from within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what do you think about yourself? Are you a true Christian? Are you born again? Are you defending your faith? Do you know Jesus? Do you believe in healing? Do you believe in deliverance? Do you believe in miracles? What do you think? What is in your heart? And so Jeremiah is reminding the people, and God is speaking through him, a wicked thing has happened. And then God speaks. 
And he said, shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? Why? An astonishing and a horrible thing has been committed in the land. And then I look at that and say, Lord, this is from individual now to the land. What does that mean? It means, when you look at that word, I don't want to go into the Greek and Hebrew, but let me give you something. It means, uh, that word means a group of persons of the same ethnic family, lineage, or a nation. So that means when I commit wickedness, I defile my own land. I defile my own house. I defile my own environment. And I'm here to tell you that you have defiled your own country. God's people have defiled their own country. You have defiled this country. Why? Because wickedness is going on and wickedness and evil is going on and it is in the house of God. Thank you, sister. Amen. It is in the house of what? Of God. Because some people come to church but they don't know why they come to church. And talk to people. You ask them, why do you go to that church? And they give you an answer and true answers. I love the music. The people are friendly. No one says I love the way the word is preached. Thank God that the word is being preached in this house. Come to this house because you are being fed the, the, the word of God, which is food for the spirit. That's what we need in the church. Nothing wrong with music. But let me tell you, those who attracted people through their good music after the pandemic, where are they now? Those churches are half-filled. Because they were not grounded on the word. May you continue feeding yourself in the word. Can I hear some amen? amen. Can I hear some amen? amen? And so when we defile, we do evil, we defile the land. What does that mean? When we sin and become wicked, we defile the land. A generation will always suffer because of the mistake of a people now. Now we are talking about the next generation. Let me give you a short story, which is also relevant as an illustration. Three weeks ago, before I traveled here, we had a big meeting with church leaders over 100 bishops. And this guy who was facilitating, we are talking about the church now and evangelism. He's working with the Anglican mission worldwide. And he threw their question to us. And he asked this question, how many of you think about where the church will be in 2064. Now, when you hear 2064, you say, that's far away. Probably I won't be there. You know, everybody, you know, was quiet. He said, hmm, never thought about it. And second question he threw out there, he said, how many of you have seen one person give his life to Christ for the last one month in your churches? Only two people raised their hands. Thank God, I was one of them and another bishop. And that month, we only got one person give his life to Christ. We thank God for that miracle. But what am I talking about? He said, you see, the church is sleeping. Something is wrong. The church needs to continue with the mission and the commission. He says, Muslims are spreading all over. Because in their madrasas, thank God for Wednesday, I enjoyed the kids. Pastor Chad, the Lord bless you for that. 
God bless you. Continue doing that. He said that the Muslims in their madrasas, they teach their kids the Quran, their faith. And it's passed from one generation to the other. But the church is sleeping. And so in the, the year 2064, he said, almost 90 to 100% of the churches in the West will be closed. And he said that only 30% will still be active in Africa. What did Jesus say? You preach the gospel until... I come. So the church is asleep. And that's why when you read that scripture, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season. And he says, in the last days, people will be lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of self. We are living in the last days. I talked to a man and he told me, excuse me, they have been talking about it for the last 2,000 years. I told him, you are not there 2,000 years. You are here in 2022. Let's talk about 2022. When they talked about it in 2,000 years, this is a simple explanation. The angel says, the same way Jesus goes is the same way you'll see it. These days, anything happening in any corner of the world is right there in our time. Think about that. Are you ready? Keep preaching. And so the next generation will suffer when we make a mistake now. Put your finger there. Go with me to Psalm uh, 44, verse number 1 and 2. Amen? Can I hear some amen? It says, now this, these are the children of Israel. They are turned back on God. They were doing their own things, no worshiping, worshiping idols. And their famine came, war came, diseases. The economy was crumbling. But they did remember one thing. Listen. We have heard with our ears, O oh God, and our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days, in the days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. You afflicted the people and cast them out. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arms save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. What are they doing? They're invoking the name of the God of their fathers. Why? Because their fathers told them about the God that they worship. The God that split the water for them to go through. The God that fed them in the wilderness. Sent manna from heaven. God that healed them of their diseases. So they told that story to their children. And so when things could not work, as we say in Africa, the center could not hold, they looked up. Let me tell you, time will come when nothing will hold, but where will you look at? We just had an experience two, two years ago of the pandemic, the world was shut. There was no vaccine. Everybody was scared. Where did you look to? But in Africa, we looked to God. I remember I was praying one day, and the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, don't worry. All the tears you have been shedding on your knees, they're still fresh in my eyes. I'll take care of you. And indeed, God took care of Africa. 
So prayers work. When you pray today, you need it tomorrow, you'll find it. When you pray today for your children, the next day, 10 years from now, they'll find it. That prayer will work because your prayers will never go old. Hallelujah. So that when things cannot hold, they can still call on the God of heaven. And call on the God of their fathers and God of their grandfathers. We talk of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I tell my children, call on my God when things are hard. God will remember because God always watches over his own family, his own children. And so when things are not working, God begins to speak to his children in the church like this. He's speaking to you and I. What are you going to do? You may say, that's too hard. But listen to me. Deuteronomy chapter number 5 verse 9 says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. The moment you turn your back to God. Think about this generation. There is a lot of theology there, but I believe a generation, my generation begins with me. What I do now will affect their future. When you decide to kill, it will be evident in the future. When you decide to kill now, it will be evident in the future. Let me break down for you. If you allow abortion to continue, you will not have a people in this great land. That's, that's not rocket science. It's simple to understand. Hello? That's just common sense. Must we go to the Supreme Court about that? No. It's just as simple as that. I know some people hate me, but that's what I stand for. Hallelujah. Every blood cries. The Bible says there is life in the blood. Every blood that spills cries. It doesn't matter how old that blood is. Because life is in the blood. That's a simple understanding. Anybody can understand that. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. And then he says, even the prophets lie. God is talking to his own family. Even the prophets lie. It's not here, it's in Africa. In Africa, every day now wants to be a mighty prophet. And they give false prophecy. And they walk around in splendor with all this security. They have a lot of money. But what they prophesy is just to give you emotional hype. Very sensational. There is no power in it. I don't know about here, but I see it. But I believe the same spirit is here too. And these are the people that we send money to. Hello? They lie. God is saying, even their prophets do what? They lie. Prophets prophesy falsely. God is giving you a house tomorrow. And you will wait until you turn green. That house is not going to come unless you work for it. Am I honest with you this morning? That is the truth. I know God wants to bless you, but he also says, I will bless the work of your word, your hand. Amen. You can't pray until you turn green. Nobody will bring you a new car. You have to go work for it. That's what I know. Can I hear some amen? And so we falsely prophesy for you because we want you to be hyped up, to be emotionally triggered on 
false prophecy. It's there. And God, Jesus says, the Bible says, in the last days, false prophets will come. And they will prophesy. To and they will deceive even the elect of God. Who are the elect? You and I. Is that not in the Bible? It is. And it says, and the priests rule by their own power. All of us are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's you and I. We are priests, but we rule by our own power. Ruling by your own power, that means you are led by the flesh, not by the spirit. It's the flesh that is controlling you. When you want to pray, the flesh will tell you, not now. I want you to enjoy watching a movie. And the Spirit of God drops something in your heart. Pray for your son. But you just shy it aside. That is the moment that God wants to do something. Maybe he's astray. He's on drugs. When the, you hear the Holy Spirit drop something in your heart, it doesn't matter whether you're in the middle of your lunch. Stop there and pray for your son or your daughter. And that's how we miss our visitation and the miracles from happening. Because the flesh is ruling us. And how I pray that we rule by the power of the Holy Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. There is power. When the Holy Spirit is upon you, he gives you power like a dynamite. Hallelujah. You keep on producing that power. That's what we need in the church. Now we need the power of God. We want to feel God when we come to worship. We raise our hands. What a beautiful name it is. Ooh. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. When I remember what that name has done for me, oh, there is power in that name. It should come from your spirit. Do I have priests in the house? Do I have priests in the house? Yes, you are a royal priesthood. The Bible says. They rule by their own power. And he says, and my people love to have it. God's people love entertainment. They love to be ruled and led by their flesh. He says, my people love it. It's time for you to make a choice as a child of God. And it's time for the church, the believers, Christians, the church in America to make a choice. And it's a difficult choice. And I want to make a choice just like Joshua made a choice. He looked at the children of Israel. He said, I'm not going to go that direction. I'm going to honor God. And he says in Joshua 24, verse 14 to 15, you can read that. But the last part says, but as for me and my house, we will serve God. That's a critical, a powerful choice. He says, as for me, in my house, we will serve God. We read people like Enoch and Noah and Job, and they were exemplary during this time, and God really recognized them. We are looking for men and women who will have the spirit of Enoch and Noah and do what is right. Stand for their faith. When something is wrong, God is counting on you and I to write it up. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. How great will it be when the light is turned into darkness? Darkness will be so great. 
So we want to see the church shining, not flickering. You are a Christian from Monday to Monday, not only on a Sunday. You are a believer all the times, 24-7. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. And so after Jeremiah gave the word, he tells the children of Israel, now stand on the way of old. Stand on the way of old and ask. It's about asking. Stand in the ways and see. And now he's making a choice. Stand and see. And then ask for the old past where the good way is. Because Bella is never old. Because we are serving the ancient of days. The lily of the valley. The I am that I am. The alpha and the omega. The first one among the dead. The soon coming king of kings and lord of lords. The bread of life. The living water. The bright morning star. He's the ancient of days. Stand on the old ways and ask. Hallelujah. To walk in it. Then you'll find rest for your what? Your souls. How many of you ever feel guilty when you know you have done the right thing? Don't feel guilty. For the first time in my 34 years of preaching, I was arrested because I preached for the people through the radio in my church, and the government said, close the church. And I stood there and said, take me where you want me to go. I know I did the right thing. People are in their homes. I have the opportunity to reach 500,000 households with the gospel. And then you are coming to arrest me because I'm preaching the gospel. And there is freedom of worship. Take me where you want me to go. They talk, took me to the police station. And I talked to the commander. I said, I'm here. Tell me what you're charging me for. 30 minutes they say, Bishop, you can go. And they returned all our instruments that they took away. And God said, I'm proud of you. You know, you know what the enemy was trying to do? He was trying to stop me from reaching 500 households because we were the only church that was using two hours praying, teaching, praying, and worshiping God for two hours every Sunday. And all denominations were glued on their radios and their phones to listen to our service. So the enemy wanted to stop that, but he made a mistake because the next Sunday... We had over 10,000 people call the radio station that they gave their lives to Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah! That is what your God can do. That is what our Father in heaven can do. He's a God of all seasons. So preach the gospel in season and out of season. And so we need to stand and defend our faith. When something is wrong, Write it up. And when you know you have done right, defend what you know is right. It is time for the church to pray. You know, we complain about all what is going on. We can change the course of the world through prayers because God answers prayers. Problem, we don't pray. We don't take our position. You have a position that you alone has to occupy. The position of connectivity, you connect with God. So whatever is going on around, pray. Let me tell you something. When we 
invited all these church leaders in our community. We said we want to pray that each and every politician who wants to stand for any political office must come before the church. Then we ask them questions about corruption, about abortion, and all these things going on. And even the presidential candidate was there for two hours. We grilled him as a church. That came through prayer. For the first time since we gained independence, it has never happened. But this time, the church had a voice. The voice is prayer. When you pray, God will speak loud and clear. May the God of heaven speak loud and clear as you pray. That's why we need to go and stand on the, in the ways and see and ask. If you don't know, ask. Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. It's the time that the church needs to take advantage of to ask God, Lord, we need your favor. And he says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. The problem is when you have everything, you are stiff-necked. You are arrogant. You are not humble. But God is saying, if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves and do what? Pray. Then I'll hear from heaven. Then I'll answer. And then heal what? Heal their land. So your prayer will heal the land. Nothing else is going to sort it out, your prayer. Something is wrong. But God is counting on you and I that we can write it up. May God use you. May God use me. May God use your children and your children's children because of the faith and because of your prayer to write up things. I don't think all of us will be, will enjoy when we are not here that all that we worked hard for, our children are not enjoying. But you can do it right now. It is on you. And God is challenging us this morning that we can pray for our families, we can pray for our country. You, you, you. If my people are called by my name, God is speaking to you and I. And something is wrong, but he's counting on you to write it up. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name that has been exalted, thank you for reminding us of standing on the way to ask for the always, the paths that we need to go through and to walk in that our souls will find rest. I pray, God, that you'll speak to us individually in our spirits. And Father, we stand for what is right. Help us, Lord, that you can use us powerfully and as a vessel that you've prepared. Bless us together in Jesus' name. And all the saints say amen. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Church. Come on, wasn't that an awesome message from a great man of God? Listen, we give all the time to Dream Central of what's going on in Kenya. You saw the video there. And if you want to be someone who supports that, every time you give, there's a little drop-down link there online. And it just says DC Kenya. Hey, if you want to give to that, just do it. You're such a giving church, and I appreciate all that you do. And I hope you enjoyed today's message. And I hope that you will come and join us live at 9 or 11 next week. Uh, and we're always here on Virtual Church at 10 o'clock. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.